Hey there, lads and ladettes of the intertubes. I hope your day is going well and the god of beers shines upon thee with golden, glorious grace. I'm your host, Josh Ellis, and the following hyperbole was written by me. Perry Lee Henderson is our special guest today in the Shedio. That's a portmanteau of uh, shed and studio. Meh, deal with it. He's a co-side entrepreneur and father of two, with another bub on the way. He loves a good chat and a quiet bevy with the boys, playing PlayStation and smoking wings. You can find him on Instagram at Perry Lee Henderson. And if your business is looking for a social media marketing expert, you can head over to missinglinksocialmedia.com.au. Perry, Raff, and the rest of the team can hold your hand heading down the Facebook advertising journey as it can be ridiculously confusing and a complete waste of money if you haven't got your act together. Dial the digits of 02954184508450 to drop us a voicemail if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode of the show, or simply just to give us some praise, love, and support to the team. No pressure though, you're the one paying the bill. Not too much fussing about in this intro, so open your mind and your head holes as we lead into this episode. Perry Lee Henderson, cheers mate, I hear that you've... uh, you did some sex not long ago. Yeah. And I it did. resulted, you didn't, you did the good thing and you didn't pull out. No. Like a gentleman. Yeah. Uh, well done. Thanks. So you're talking April next year, you got a rough date? Mm, I don't know. Don't know. Just a month is okay for me. Hopefully it's the 23rd. Uh, it's a great day. Well, uh, with Isla, she came a month early. Oh, really? Mm. I was, um, I was cooking muffins mm. and, um, what flavour? They, so they were chocolate. Chocolate. Double chocolate, yeah. Okay, yeah. And um, Lisa was on the couch. This is when we were living at Copacabana, mm-hmm. at Copacabana Beach. And um, yeah, just sitting on the couch. And then next minute, I think I spilled some water. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> so I'm assuming it wasn't your water that had broken. Even no. It was my wife saying I think and I hadn't spilled pissed yourself. No. And uh, she was like, yeah, my water just broke. And I was like, Okay, like how many contractions are we at? Like, where's where's the count? She's not. Like, yeah, we got time. I'm like, cool. Can I finish the muffins? <laughs> Getting your priorities sorted. And she said yes. You're like, uh, hold up, bitch. Like, I know that kid's trying to squeeze its way out well, of the I, I love knew, hole. I knew that if we had fresh muffins going to hospital, <laughs> this would be in a good place. And sure enough, we. Um, I even had time to ice them. <laughs> Hold on, icing muffins? Yeah. That's not a thing. Cupcakes? Muffins? Oh, cupcakes, yeah, maybe. No, no, yeah, no. yeah. Okay. The cho- I've chocolate. never been a big fan of cupcakes. I don't I don't quite get them. I don't... It could have been just a random thing. Maybe um, just icing muffins. Congrats, yeah, mate. Um, I meant the on the muffins. Uh, were they good? <laughs> they were good. Did you pass them they were to good midwives throughout. and stuff? Uh, no. <laughs> Did you go into private or public? Um, we We went... Uh, private mm-hmm. but it was this weird scenario where um, I don't think we really calculated the expense that it would actually be yeah. slash weren't really savvy to slash it wasn't really explained to us um, what was going to happen so 
uh, yeah, we went there to CrossFit Private, and um, it all went really well. And they basically said, yeah, look, you can stay here as, as long as you want. And we had private health cover, but like we kind of just got it. I can't remember. I can't remember the backstory. But basically, we were under the impression that um, part of it was going to be paid or it wasn't going to be as expensive or whatever. And then on like day three of being in there, uh, this lady walks in with like I don't know, a, a ridiculous sized um, bill or maybe it was like it's, five it's, and a half It's a grand, weird and confronting thing being in Australia when... You're in the hospital and they give you a tax invoice. It for like five and a half grand yeah, or something. It's and we were just obnoxious. like well, I wasn't there and the lady like Lisa was there with her sister and um I was probably making more muffins. And <laughs> they came in with the with the bill and were very stern and like, Yeah, you gotta pay this before, before you leave. Before you leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the scary shit. part. And so And so with child one as well, like you're dealing with the fact that you've just been handed this like flesh parasite effectively that is now 100% dependent on you for yeah. its existence without a manual yeah no instruction booklet no and then you're like you go through that range of emotions where you've had fuck all sleep and you're like oh my god this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life I yeah. thought I loved my wife more than anything in the world <laughs> but now meh whatever like yeah. if I had to pick between the two of you I'm letting you die well, it's, it's hard like anyway I'll deviate from the story if I don't continue on this point um, we'll come back to that put a pin in that one and um, that's loop. So I came in and I was like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, why, why has she left us with this massive bill? Like, it's just so much more than we anticipated. And uh, so I got it, and I asked for the lady that gave it. And she was like the manager of finance or some shit. And um, I was like, what's the story here? And she's like, well, that's how much it costs times this night. And we were like, no one told us mm. anything about this. Like, had we known it was and this is kind of my strategy. I was like, I can probably bring it back to one night because no one had talked to us about it. And um, I know from like uni, there needs to be like an offer acceptance like for a contract. And I like, we hadn't accepted anything. We hadn't signed anything at any right. point. And uh, she was like, no, you're um, a gyno or whatever. You're, um, what are they called? Um, Obstetrician. Pedi- pediatrician. Obstetrician. Pediatrician? Pediatricians after the kid's been born, but before that, it's, it's an obstetrician, also a gynecologist, same sort of deal. I thought it was a pediatrician. So um, the, before was it like the one giving us guidance and helping us throughout that that initial journey and doing the check-ins and check-ups. After after the midgets come out of the before before, before. before. we'll That's have to look into that. Normally the obstetrician. Okay, so we can Google. I'm we pretty sure it's a pediatrician. Pediatricians when it's a child, not before. <sighs> obstetrician. Okay. Obstetrics. Okay. Sorry, you can, you can do the research. What are we and, worried and about? So, um, Obst- oh, and, and obstetrics is the field of study concentrated on pregnancy, childbirth, and the postpartum period, so just after. Uh, I don't know, man. I have to... I doesn't matter. To, they were expensive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And anyway, so at, at the lady was trying to say, no, that, that person, pediatrician, obstetrician, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, explained it all to you um, and had a signed contract. I was like, cool, show me. <laughs> and so then she <laughs> you're negotiating <laughs> like immediately after the birth of your child you're like uh, that's what look, I was dragged into listen motherfuckers I understand how contracts work yeah <laughs> prove it show me and so they called up and got some bullshit thing and I was and, and printed it and was like see your signature's here and I'm like yeah it says nothing there about us having to pay X amount per night like 
I did not know that that would happen. If I remember correctly, there's like eight hundred, eight hundred and fifty dollars a night. I think something. it was more than that, man. It could have been like but that's that's your base rate, fifteen hundred or like, something. Oh, did you need us to talk to you? Also? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the doctor came in and you know for five seconds, and that was a yeah. hundred million dollars. And so um, I was like, "Prove it, show me that she showed me something." It had nothing to do with what I was talking about. I was like, "Like, had you explained this to me, we would have only stayed one night." She was like, hmm, okay. And then she said, well, one night would would have been this. Would you be happy to pay that? And I was like, yep. Wow. And, and so that's and all I paid for. You negotiated with the hospital. Yeah. Well played. Successfully. But well that's played. like, at the same time, like I thought that's what was fair. I wasn't going to be like, aha, uh-huh, suckers. I haven't signed anything. Yeah. See ya. I was like, we don't have that much money in the bank and I don't want you to have it. Yeah. And so... That was just what happened. I thought it was fair. They they make enough money. Well, yeah, they agreed to it, obviously. Yeah, and so um, and then I asked for a payment plan on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> and so they gave me a payment plan. So it's like, can I have sixty days interest free <laughs> to pay this off? <laughs> well, it was you know it was a monthly payment plan for three months. Uh, that was gold. Yeah, well done. Thanks. Oh, well, congratulations. But it was just so like, now you so haven't gone done. private though. Uh, yeah, Since now then. we have. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's been weird, man. I don't know the whole private fucking public thing. Like, we've been up and down about it. And, and now we're about to have our third and Lisa reduced the excess because she's like, I'm happy to go public because of Gosford Hospital now. She's heard really good things and it's just a, apparently public's fine. So I'm like, honestly, you're the one doing it. Public, private, do what you want to do. Um, so you end up with... Um, so let's say you with private you get to go and select your doctor obviously and then you get more ultrasounds throughout the period of the pregnancy and that kind of stuff so that gives people peace of mind but the reality is that even if you end up in a public hospital there's only a certain amount of obstetricians slash (laughs) paediatricians that that will service a a general area so Mm -hmm. there's often a chance that that there is a chance that you will often end up with the doctor that you kind of wanted there anyway so it's you know we have a reasonable system here um i say go public as much as possible um it's you know i've been on on both sides of the the fence there if you've got a if you've got a situation like my ex she had a uh she had a nose situation which was um tortuous septum deviated septum that kind of stuff and um she also had a hole in her septum, not from doing excessive amounts of cocaine, but from using those um, hay yeah. fever yeah. things a lot yeah. as a kid. Yeah. And so she has a yeah a hole between her left and right nostril. Yeah. Um, so that surgery that needed to be done, there was like a two-year waiting list or something to get it done. Oh, yeah. But we ended up just getting a quote, which is awesome because they give you a quote and then they fucking stick to it, mm. not like a mechanic. So... I think it ended up costing three and a half thousand dollars to get that surgery done. Mm. And it's like, well, like if you need it, I mean, I'm not talking about, we're not talking about huge amounts of cancer treatment that mm. several hundred thousand dollars or anything. Mm. But if you've got that kind of stuff that you need to get done, then just fucking pay it and you'll get it done quickly. Yeah. Or jump on the waiting list and, and get it done later on. Like we're, the country, we're, we live in a great country regarding healthcare. I've, I've seen the other side of that though with my brother. Like, Thankfully, my dad had uh, so cover. So, give us, give us a bit of a backstory on your brother. Uh, 
So my brother had a disease called neurofibromatosis type 2, which is where benign tumors grow all through your central nervous system and there wasn't a cure and he basically had a 10-year battle with it. And uh, At what age did, um, did you find out? Uh, I was, I think in year like nine, so, and he's two years older than me, so he would have been like, yeah, year like 11, 12 at high school. Um, and the first symptoms were just like loss of balance and stuff like that. Cause he had, yeah, basically tumors growing on his brain and, uh, all through his central nervous system basically. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, eventually had a scan and was diagnosed and then, uh, had to get some removed, which left uh, the left side of his face paralyzed. And then uh, he also went deaf in one ear. And then so we all learned sign language. And then uh, he was deaf. And then because um, they basically had to cut the nerves that like connects the ears to your brain or something like that. There was yeah. tumors on there or whatever. And so, yeah, in and out of surgery for a long time, eventually got the better of him. And then in, in 2016, uh, yeah, he passed away. And, um, uh, yeah, so I guess that's, that's that side of my right. brother anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, that sucks, mate. I, you know, I wasn't alongside you through all that, but I was aware of, obviously of it, of it happening and it was a fucking tragic story. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't possibly understand what it has been like to go through that and I, and I won't try and understand, but just to say that, you know, it, it, as a mate, I'm hugely sorry. And if there was anything that any of us could have done, I'm 100% certain that we would have done that. I appreciate um, it. And, uh, yeah, well, I suppose. To Miles. Cheers to that. To Miles. So, and I would have a beer. Mm-mm. Was that a beep? Fucking camera stopped working. Sorry, we had some uh, technical issues with the ghost of Miles <laughs> letting us uh, know that his presence is being felt. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, with the so with the public health system then regarding mm. what happened with him, mm. and, and I suppose your treatment over the over the whole family, like specifically, obviously regarding exactly the treatment that was, that he was given, but mm. also how you guys were included and communicated with through, through that whole process. What mm. would you say from a critical standpoint? What were the what were the pros and the cons, I guess, of that? I guess he got access to like some of the best surgeons in Australia f- for doing what they do, um, which I imagine extended his life. Uh, Gave he, him a certain quality of life, obviously. For well, I, I guess was able to remove some of the tumours that were getting hectic yeah. um, before they became too hectic, if that makes sense. So yeah. he was constantly getting scans and symptoms were constantly getting checked, but... Um, I just kind of get to it. Good. And so there wasn't there wasn't like this, excuse me, concept of a a waiting list or. Um, sorry, mate. Just jump on the back of the. I don't think as much. Jump on the top of the pile. I don't think as much. Maybe maybe in some places. Um, again, my parents basically managed most of it, and I was going through my own teen, I guess, stuff as well. And I, I guess I didn't really have much to do with the organisation of it all. Um, but. Um, you know they say if you pour your beer, it it, it doesn't um, make you burp anywhere near as much. Yeah, but if I don't if I don't burp into the microphone, people won't know which podcast they're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, where are we going with that? Yeah, so, and, but one yeah. one thing was though there was experimental stuff that wasn't covered. Okay, like at one point he was um, they were trying this potential cure, uh, which was it had something to do with like 
you know how people is it elephantitis Where's, yes yeah, yeah 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 so it was, i think it was a cure for that and then they were like trying to inject it into or around the tumors to try to stop them from growing and so like l- d- directly into the skull I think so no wherever the tumors were okay you know the vital ones like in his along his spine or in his wherever right. um and uh yeah, I think it, it kind of helped for like six months or something like that, 12 months maybe, but then they just started growing again, yeah. But that wasn't ultimately what led to him passing. It was that um, he got an infection, uh, like a, a giant scrape on his on his bum, like f- just from getting, I think, taken in, in and out of the wheelchair. And, okay, so um, sort of like bed sores, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. And yeah. because he was paralyzed at that point, there wasn't very, very good blood flow. So, and then... Yeah, I'm still a little grey on it all, um, but basically he went in for uh, he went in for surgery um, just to try to kind of get it cleaned out and fixed up or whatever, and then his body just couldn't kind of take, couldn't uh, deal with the infection, couldn't, couldn't deal with the infection, and, and couldn't so deal with the, blood the drugs at that point. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, just and I'd probably have to have a conversation with my mum to really kind of know what's what ended up happening and how it ended up happening, but it just basically came to us in the hospital with him and. Yeah. him being with it and sort of not with it and kind of dropping in and out because he was on morphine and stuff yeah. um, just to help him and then we kind of got to say our goodbyes and um, and then yeah we were all just around him and then heart stopped beating and then he passed away yeah fuck yeah it's pretty intense but um how did well so I um so you're you're only a young chap at that point and you still are yeah, I guess so. How, so you you were 27? 26, yeah. Yep. Yeah, about that, yeah. 27, I'd say. Uh, how, how the fuck did you get past that? It was, I get, it, look, there are two things. Uh, having people in my family who've had like long-term illnesses that have yeah. been, you know, distended. So over yeah. 10 years worth yeah. of illness where it's like we thought they were going to die 10 years ago. And yeah. then at the end... You've actually had that ability, not to, you know, wish ill on the dead, but mm. you've had that length of time to actually process and come to accept the fact that they will pass and mm. you, you accept mortality and you, yeah. you almost grieve before they're passing. At least yeah, that's been my of experience. Because it was getting to the point in his life where it was in constant pain. He couldn't really do anything for himself. He couldn't communicate. He was getting fed through a tube, you know. Um, yeah. He was still consciously very, very with it, but he was losing losing his arms you know like losing motor skills, motor skills and just yeah. um it was really he was really de- deteriorating quite quite rapidly right. um, and so how long did this last deterioration stage last 18 months oh no no no, no. Less, was... i'd say less than six okay yeah yeah and so that that's often like people with cancer and people with hiv and those kinds of things or mm. into full-blown aids it's that similar situation where they're trying to kill off something else and so they make your body as weak and feeble as they possibly can nearly pushing you to the brink of death so that the thing that's living off your body stops having energy stops having you know um, sustenance i guess for it to live and and that's i mean that's the whole idea of fighting cancer is radiation therapy and uh, chemotherapy is they're, mm. they're basically destroying your body so that the cancer has nothing to live off and they just push mm. you to the point where you're nearly dead and then go okay we're just going to hold you here for a bit and that's you know we talk about modern medicine and how far we've come 
but literally that's what we do for a lot of the mm. the shit that we're dealing with in, in you know when it comes to the human body because they go okay well this thing's thriving off the human body so if we nearly kill you then you'll be okay then you know that'll go and then we'll just figure the rest out afterwards oh by the mm. way your liver's failed failed your kidneys have failed mm. uh, you only have you know the use of the right side of your body and those kinds of things it is chaos like it's a I'd like to look at modern medicine in 50 years time and look at mm. like because we look back now and you see those um, sores and shit that they used to use for amputating legs yeah, and they just yeah. give you a leather even, belt even the dentist it's like less than 100 years ago that we were mm. still doing that shit like mm. drink half a bottle of rum and then just we're going to strap you to this table and then yeah. you just scream and yell yeah. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting thing to look back and see how barbaric we were here, yeah. you know, in modern technology with our iPhone 11 T5s and, yeah. you know, 75 billion pixel, you know, yeah. megapixel phones and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so, to answer your yes. question about how I kind of interpreted it, like I've... Well, cope more so, not... Well, I mean, he... Well, yeah. He, um, a lot of it came from how he dealt with it and he only ever complained once... Um, and that was near the beginning and it was just that whole why is this happening to me so he's a teenager at this point yeah um but thereafter man like didn't complain once hence he like he won the courage of australia awarding in canberra like an australian national award for uh what he was going through and how he was persevering like he was he was catching a bus to newcastle uni living with one of my mum's ex-boyfriends. That sounds bad. It's not that bad. Living with one of my mum's ex-boyfriends. Given the situation, I'm sure it can be excused, whatever yeah. the situation was. And, um, yeah. yeah, like wobbling all over the place. Um, deaf, cat, you know, trying to be an architect and, and studying to be an architect. Um, and, like he just faced this thing head on. So I guess his, his um, resilience... Um, and his character, it, it like, I just, I just always saw that as something to aspire to, yeah. and that, and that didn't change when he passed. Um, and every day I have a war cry that I read out uh, that that includes him, and just helps me give perspective on life and problems, and um, just helps keeps things in in perspective. And a big part of that is is, uh, I guess, being exposed to the everyday struggles that he had to do anything um, for such a long period of time and and yeah I, I don't know like I don't even know if I've like people say like grief and stuff like that like I feel like I've grieved a bit at the same time you're not sure if you I'm have. not sure if I like but yeah I don't know like I mean obviously cried at the funeral and and all that sort of thing but like it was never like anything like what my mum went through um yeah, to lose, a, to lose a child. I mean, that... Yeah. yeah you, well, you know yourself. You imagine yeah. if, you know, you outlived one of your kids. That would... Yeah. Um, but then again, at the same time, man, like, I'm eternally optimistic. Like, it's embedded in my soul. So, like, I, I just think of other people who are in worse situations and, and worse environments. Um, and I'm... And then I'm grateful for that he did live so long and that we were able to have the experiences that we shared and um and there's people man kids brain cancer like yeah absolutely you know like he had a good 10-year battle with this and we were able to um have a really strong relationship throughout that so it's i don't know i don't know 
And in terms of your siblings, then how many how many siblings in total, or how many uh, kids in your family? Uh, there was my brother, and then my youngest sister, Laura. And you said um, step parents. Is there are there like yeah. step well, brothers and sisters? Uh, or yeah, I, uh, my dad's. Um, I don't. How do you explain this? Like my my dad was with um, my stepmom, um, who and and they're not seeing each other they're divorced he's living in south kempsey now um just a bit of a different story in its own and then um uh so yeah i guess technically i've got uh yeah step sisters um Mm -hmm. who i don't really see um how old are they how old are they about the same age as uh my sister and what my brother was yeah same similar years yeah so stepsister two years younger and stepsister two years older um but it's it's weird to think of so you guys don't all like catch up no, for christmas and shit no 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 i guess the re- the relationship yeah i don't know i don't know man it's not even something i've thought about in a long time but i, I highly respect both of them um and they're genuinely lovely people as is um my stepmom but i guess it was uh the situation that we were in that was I guess bonding us and then we've all just I guess grown up and then I'd probably bump into my stepsister every now and then or stepsisters every now and then and yeah um I guess so were they they're they're local to the coast then yeah okay yeah all right um so you go to uh finish your high school Mm. You actually before you before you finish high school, you've mm. you've set, you've been told at high school uh, you must go to university. That's the only way to get ahead in this world. Mm. What uh, well, what was yes your no. trajectory looking well, like? I I oh, know, but uh, that was just a setup because yeah. I completely fucking disagree with the whole go to university. It's well, the only way to live. In my high school that I went to in Newcastle, because um, I was there for year seven, it was like get to year ten. That wasn't getting that, to uni. That was, that was as much as they were hoping for. Well, that was the general vibe. Right. Uh, and then what? Pick up a trade. And then in, in my kind of circle of friends as well that I was that I had at that time. And I spent more time at their house than I did at my own. Um, and and that was the general vibe was get to year 10 and you're good. And then you're 12 if you want to be professional. And then uni was a bit of a pipe dream. Um, just... Like I, when I went to that high school, I got in like four or five fights in the first year and I hadn't got in any fights at primary yes. school. Yeah, right. And they were just out of, it wasn't me being aggressive, it was me defending my mate who was getting picked on. Um, right, okay, so you're yeah, the smoker, there for The you, smoker mate. group really had a, you know how there's different groups, different segments. I do, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's weird, hey. But it still happens today and it will probably oh, always shit, happen. Yeah. Fucking like that does. Um, but yeah, just had a thing for picking on my mate. And so, fights in the hallways and fights in the classrooms and... And just generally, like, real fucking asshole children, right? Who? Like, just kids in, in high schools, generally. Like, there's, yeah, there's always this... There's, there's always, like, an obvious backstory. You learn pretty young that bullies are the way they are for a reason. And then you get exposed to that background and whether it's... It could be because, you know, they're being they were subjected to it. Yeah. yeah or... Exactly low socioeconomic background or 
everything given to them on a spoon or you know whatever it is there's something missing and, so, and they're trying so to you're ingrained it. or you're living like balls deep in this culture so to speak mm. what did you then decide that you wanted to do as you sort of came out of high school so you're like i just want to get to mm. year 10 that's all i need to do well my uh yeah, when I was towards the end of year seven, my my dad got a full-time job on the Central Coast. And then my dad um, wanted us to, to come to the coast. And my mum wanted us to stay in Newcastle. Um, I can't remember if either of them were like, let them do what they want. But anyway, and then my parents spent a ton of money that neither of them had. Because they split up when I was like four. And basically was living week at mum's, week at dad's with a washing basket basically for the... How did you find that, the 50-50 thing? Fine. Yeah, you're okay with it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it was normal, and um, uh, yeah. So my dad got this opportunity, and then they basically had to go to court because they couldn't come to an agreement. And then the court said the kids are old enough to do what they want. Let them do what they want. Just the most obvious answer you could ever think of. Um, and so I ended up going to uh, Foresters uh, to live in my stepmom's house with my brother and my dad. And we we were sleeping on the in the lounge room uh, wow. for, for a couple of months while we they were trying to find another house or sell a house to do whatever they wanted, and um, also yeah started going to um, high school locally here on the coast, and um, yeah my sister was living with my mum in 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 Newcastle. In Newy, okay. Yeah, and so uh, she had chosen to stay there at that point. Yeah, or she was still too young. Okay, right. yeah, she chose. But then shit hit the fan and uh my sister just had this this thing where uh my mum would try to see a guy and my sister wouldn't let them hold hands in her presence oh wow Um, at what age was this this was around that same time i guess year four or five in primary school okay she would have been so she got really defensive for some reason yeah whatever it was that ticked off yeah yeah yeah. and uh would not let them do anything in her presence and it it got so bad it was at the point where uh like she literally couldn't have a relationship and uh one thing led to another and um mum and uh dad decided that they'd take my sister um to down to the coast to where my dad's place was we were now in Terrigal and basically just say you're staying here now right yeah it was tears one of the first times well I've seen my dad cry before but it's very rare to see my dad cry and he was in tears and he was holding my sister back and then my mum was going and then... Fuck. Yeah, it was pretty hectic. And then, Jesus. Um, wow. And then my mum drove off and then my sister lived with us on the coast from then on. Fucking hell. Yeah. Jesus, man, that's brutal. Yeah. How have you not stabbed someone? Or have you? <laughs> I haven't. I haven't stabbed anyone. Yeah, don't worry. Oh, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> haven't stabbed anyone um, today. But... Like, I was surrounded by chaos. I was never the chaos, like, with my brother and my sister. And I think that had a pretty um, hectic uh, trigger for my sister because um, she was kind of forced into this environment. And then she, was, she went to primary school, and it was pretty much straight from primary school to high school. And then she was always a bit of a, you know, like to make mischief and, and all the rest of it, and leader of the pack, you know, yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. And then um, she started experiment, experimenting with... Um, <coughs> Excuse me. With drugs, which was, you know, cigarettes and then weed and then Alcohol. up and up and up, up from there. And then she got real dark real quick with addictions and juvie and theft and all this crazy shit. 
Fucking hell. Ice and just... Ice? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it got really, really, really bad. Okay. And that uh, does explain some things. That um, that does give some context. Um, we've had some conversations about drugs in the past, and that just gives me a bit of context to um, those conversations. My mm. fucking dad... Sorry... Is he calling you or something? No, he fucking... He sent me this email. My, my dad still forwards videos around. Mm. Like, you remember back in those days when there's... Mm. Oh, look, check out this funny video when it's, yeah. you know, a three meg MP4 attached to the email that's about seven pixels. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, or like, it's a chain of photos. Do you get those oh, as well? Oh, no, not anymore, no. Oh, don't you? But uh, I'm like, Dad, just fucking guarantee whatever video you're sending me, just search for it on YouTube yeah. and then just send me that link. Or just send it on Facebook Messenger. Hey, I don't think he knows how Facebook Messenger works. How does it works. start? Does just one bloke send it to another bloke and they're like, <laughs> and then they just like, oh, I'm going to send this to six of my friends. Nice one, emails. Gary. Yeah. Oh, and then you just forward it to everyone in your address book. But what's happened is because my dad still uses, like we use G Suite obviously, which is just browse. Do you just use it in the browser? Or do you, you've also got Outlook installed? No, I just use it in the browser. Okay. So much better. Dad still has, he needs Outlook installed on his computer. Mm. And so he's got it synchronizing that way. And it's the old school days where it's like, you know, Tombow at AussieMail.com, you know, one of those sorts of things. Mm. But what's happened is Outlook has gotten itself into a fucking tailspin because the video file is so large, it doesn't think that it's sent. So it keeps sending it like every 10 minutes. So all, mm. all day I've been getting this video from him lane splitting how to which is this motorbike rider just fucking nailing along the freeway just like cutting in and out like do you remember the old ghost rider videos did you ever see those yeah so it's exactly that anyway sorry sorry to distract but it's just fucking all day it's just being ding i wonder if we'll do dumb shit like that when we're grown up fuck i hope so as in old like yeah 65 i really hope so well my dad he's he's not 65 yet okay um but uh yeah it but, oh, he's he's an interesting chap is my father single child himself mm. uh, or only have child have I met I your say. dad don't know maybe I, he, I don't think I have he, you'd recognise him as being my father was he at Matt's no at least his wedding no, no definitely okay. not um, but uh, yeah he's a uh, I mean he had his own sort of tragic upbringing um probably challenge you in terms of yours that's what i mean man everyone has their story yeah so uh he um at the age of uh so his his parents going through this sort of tumultuous thing his father um by all accounts was a massive pisshead, uh, mm. which runs in the family we can all drink reasonably well mm. but he uh he used to drink port so my um my grandfather so his father uh was actually retired by the age of 32 33 34 like fully yeah. retired Bought a farm down south near Picton area. And uh, I just recently went and did like a, you know, this is my life tour with my dad because I didn't know much about his life. Mm. He'd left when, well, he and mum split, I think, when I was about six months old. So I never really lived with him, never really had a father per se. Mm. Had mm. a few stepdads. But, um, yeah, it wasn't... Uh, so his parents split, uh, again, the, the, the story, the time frames are a little bit rough, but around the age of 12... I think his mum and dad split. He went and stayed with his dad mm. um, for the most part, but his dad was, a, you know, an obnoxious, abusive um, drunk, and he was down with his dad, um, down working on the farm. It wasn't a massive farm. So this so. is your dad with your dad's dad? Yeah, yeah. so my grandfather, yeah. So he's uh, 12, 13 years old working on the farm, 
and for all intents and purposes, a pretty sort of brutal life mm. um, for the most part. He was going to school and doing all the right things, but mm. he had a massive blue with his dad, which he used to do on a regular basis. Mm. And um, yeah, big fight. His dad went inside, and this part of the story, is, I've only been told sort of once or twice, and it's been over the last sort of you know 10 years, so it's mm. a little bit shady, but... The his dad's gone inside to grab the gun because obviously that's what you do when you're having a fight with your sort of 12, 13 year old son. Yeah, and you can't let him have it over you. No, you can't. Yeah, so he's loaded up the gun, and my dad's just fucking bolted, just took off. Oh, so oh, yes, your dad, yeah, your yeah. Dad so my dad's just fucking taken off down the of back, course. and he said the last thing he heard the last time he ever spoke to his dad was that fight having a massive blue his dad yelling at him across the paddock and then the sound of um, gunshots. So that was his last memory. Mm. And then uh, he went and lived with his mum. He hitchhiked all, hitchhiked all the way, you know, 13, 14-year-old boy, hitchhiked mm. all the way from Pictonesque area down into Liverpoolish area. Again, the, the suburbs are a little bit vague because I don't know Western Sydney particularly well. Mm. But... Um, yeah, so his uh, mum and dad had this sort of relationship where he'd come down once a month and, you know, bother her. He was living with, with her in a, uh, in uh, for all intents and purposes, a sort of a mansion working for this reasonably wealthy man. Mm. Uh, she was the, the cleaner maid slash mm. whatever. And so it was him and his mum, single beds in the same room. And he was there for a while, um, still doing all the normal things that you do as a kid. And then occasionally he'd see his dad rock up and he'd just basically, you know, piss off and go and hide himself in the mm. in the house and they'd sit in the car and they'd both drink and yell and argue and carry on. And, and then, um, yeah, one morning he, he saw his, his dad had rocked up. So he did the usual thing and pissed off into the, into the house, um, went to sleep and, uh, yeah, woke up, came out in the morning and um, found both of his parents dead in the car. So his, um, his father had shot his mum and then shot himself and used a you know a shotgun so not a uh, not a particularly pleasant scene but at the oh age of 14 when man. you're when you're dealing with trying to figure out who the fuck you are and then you've got this sort of history of um domestic violence and and uh, emotional violence that's sort of behind you plus all this alcoholism and stuff mm. like that I, I can't possibly comprehend what it would uh, would have been like to sort of endure that mm. Brutal, brutal situation, and he'll he'll probably correct me on some of the um some of the intricacies of the story, mm. but that's that's the sort of Crops thirty thousand foot view. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I've got some appreciation, you, you know, retrospectively to say, okay, I understand why you sort of dropped the ball there for quite a bit, but also now I've got quite a bit of insight in terms of how powerless he felt regarding my mum and him splitting. Now, I don't know the details of exactly why they split, but they did split. And then after the fact, he he's felt pretty powerless because mm. the law was very much on, on the side of the female in mm. that particular situation. There was no domestic violence or anything like that. But the, uh, you know, it, it, I've felt exactly that where it's like, fucking hold on a second. My kids have just been ripped away from me. Mm. There's fucking nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. this gutting feeling of war. Now, I'm not saying he was necessarily a great person to live with. I would never make excuses for him in that regard because I, you know, I could spend three or four hours with him sometimes and I want to fucking kill him because he's doing those 60-plus-year-old man things where mm-hmm. he's like, 
Oh, I don't know. It's a little bit chilly. What do you think the weather's going to do tomorrow? I don't fucking know. Who cares? Mm. It doesn't matter. The weather will be whatever the fuck the weather's going to be. Mm. Small uh, talk. And then he, you know, he's an avid listener of 2GB. So he loves writing letters to the council complaining about things like potholes. I, I thought you meant literally kill him, but you just, not, not literally, literally kill him, but like, <laughs> I thought you meant he was incredibly offensive and oh, no. uh, like in- incredibly aggressive or oh no, God, no. no. but you no, just no. mean just normal he, he old, has, old person things yeah he has a very similar sort of cadence to me he's he, mm. he's not um he's probably not as effeminate as what i am for the most part not as what effeminate so a little bit ladylike oh like okay. he uh, well, that being said, he drinks Chardonnay and walks around with a fucking handbag, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's more effeminate than I am. He doesn't know how to use power tools particularly well, so yeah, okay, yeah, he's definitely far more effeminate than I am. But not when it comes to um, sort of feelings. Mm. Like, I've told him I love him maybe, I don't know, 10 times in my life. Okay. And I, as far as I can recall, he's told me once, mm. and I think that was at my wedding. Oh, okay. He gave me a hug and he said, yeah, I love you too, buddy. And then he's oh, like, no, gosh. no, no. And I, was, I started to tear up. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I'm about to cry too. <laughs> and I think I saw one tear escape his, <laughs> his soulless eye yeah. <laughs> and trickle down his cheek. And then yeah. we had a hug. Yeah. Uh, like he even makes me, because he's only six foot mm. fucking midget, am I right? Six foot, six foot they're midgets yeah yeah exactly yeah. Uh, six foot plus you got us in the room. yeah exactly ladies <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, he even he for years where's he your buzzer that was our first laugh surely you're gonna push something funny <laughs> I don't know what have I got here I think I've only got you some insulting dog cunt. that's all I've got <laughs> <laughs> it still adds to it yeah. okay that's fine um, have a look at that so the uh, so he um Fuck, what was the story? Something. Balls. Um, yeah, yeah, soulless eyes. Anyway, so yeah, he loves he loves writing letters to the council complaining about drones mm. and stuff because, oh, you know, it's a safety hazard. Mm. And he listen, he's, a, he's an avid listener of the podcast, so he's oh, going to cool. call me up after this episode at some point. G'day. <laughs> How you going, How's Tom? You go? What's up? What's up, you mad dog? <laughs> uh, so, but he's now retired, so he paid, off, mm. paid his house off and then went, you know what, I can probably live off five grand for a bit. And he's mm. managed to last, make that last like two years now because mm. he's ridiculously cheap. Mm. He's inspiringly cheap. That's good. Yes. So anyway, yeah, the, the the whole like parent thing, you get to look back at the journey that you went on as a kid looking up to these parents that you thought had the answers to everything. Mm. And now as a parent, my take on it is you're like, holy shit, I'm so fucking lucky they didn't kill me. Like... <laughs> There's so much going on in the world and there's no instruction manual on how to deal with children. Mm. What's your take on, on being a parent now? Have you got it all figured out? No. Have you got Perry all figured out? No. I'm still learning. All right. I'm, I'm going to grab a beer but, and then we'll do that one. Okay. Another beer? Yes, please. So what's... Um, Where were we up to? What's Perry? Or what is, what is, what is Perry going to be? What is it that you're aspiring to what is it that you want to fix about yourself what is it that you're scared of i'm still learning about myself in a lot of ways um uh in some ways i've got a lot of things together in other ways i'm barely keeping them together um that's that's 
That's a broad question. You might have to narrow it down a bit. No, it's not a question. What do you want to... What do you... Well, you know. All right. So, I guess, where am I at at the moment? So, uh, I feel like I know what I my mission is here on planet Earth. Yes. And the movement that I want to bring... Um, are you dying to know? Have I talked to you about this mate night concept? I've I've got a broad I've got a broad Go idea to m eight dot com. Well, we're going to get your uh, TV happening, are we? Oh, I suppose we can. I don't know. Is I, can, I can move this microphone. Mate so obviously, com. I've got my my own company that I'm running at the moment. What's that called? Missing Link Social Media. Yeah. So this is my this is my concept. Uh, this is something that I've just recorded a conversation with my dad about um shall i read it go for it maybe go up to the top uh, what you haven't memorized your own website oh yeah there's still placeholder text there look the top left logo <laughs> the, yeah the logo is literally placeholder <laughs> <laughs> it's it's but it's a logo of placeholder so i'm I, at the moment in my business, I need to spend 110% of my time on, on my business. Um, yeah. Without question, I can't justify a second working on this at present. I'm hoping in the next four weeks things will change and I'll be able to get stuck into it again. But it's, 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 it has a long background and it has to do with my brother and it has to do with my friendships and it has to do with a bunch of different things. But I think um, at its core, as we grow up, we have to prioritize different things in our life. Of course. And generally the thing that is compromised is our friendships. Um, Mateships, yeah. Mateships, exactly. And people move uh, interstate, different countries. People grow, people evolve. Some people have babies before others. Um, Some people like to party for longer in their life than others. Other people just, you know, get their balls put in a vice um, and... Uh, are made to feel bad when they hang out with their friends or their mates or um, there's all kinds of things like my brother he became disabled and uh, the interactions he could have with his friends became very limited Um, and even seeing my parents like my parents uh, ever since I could remember didn't really have close friends um, and I could never really understand why Um, and I think friendships um, can and should play an important role in being a support and an outlet um, and as people grow up they pri- prioritise their, their work and their profession uh, they even compromise and sacrifice their genuine authentic friends okay. to try to find friends that are more successful so before you before you finish that narrative I'm curious then so you've said that this is something that's hugely important conceptually to yourself and arguably to all of your mates and to the general man. I think society at large. I think think suicide. One of the things that you just said there is people prioritise their work over their mates. Mm -hmm. And you had just said, I have to spend 110% of my time on my work and not work on this. No, guys, don't worry. Your phone's not broken. Perry's just having a quick. Think. I'm wa- <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
I, I, I think you're coming at the question from two different angles. One is like, how much am I time am I spending with my mates? Or are no, you no, saying like, I'm, I'm not how saying Im- that. How, how I, important I is this concept? No, no, it doesn't. I don't. I don't care. I'm yeah, not. I'm, I'm, not j- I'm just trying to understand your question. Yeah, I, I, my question is: Do you not understand the the irony of the fact that you said, "Yeah, yeah, we need to stop people prioritizing work over their mates," mm. but I don't have any time to work on this because I'm too busy. Yes, but I'm still like, spending a, time with my hi, mates at a high level. At yeah, a high you, level, yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of, I kind of see it. I just, you know me. I think about two things. I think about things too literally, and yeah. I take people too literally. Like, just turn the turn the microphone a touch towards you. No, you can you can lay back where you were, but just turn right. it. Just okay. Pivot it that way. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. If I listen back, I'd probably get your joke. But anyway, no, no, it wasn't a joke. No, it's, it's just not saying a joke ironic. at all. I'm just saying. Do you not understand? Yeah, the the irony of that where you're saying, oh, I think I get it now. Really important for people, and they need to prioritize mates over work. And you're saying, but I don't have time to work on this because I'm too busy. Yes, okay, I get it now. You understand? Yeah, thank you, thank you for expanding. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and and uh, yeah, because I know that if I'm going to do it, I need to do it well. You know, and and I would suggest that you don't. This is this has been a common thing that I've had with the. the I last know you guys. say that blah 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 blah. Like I say I the same to like my that, people. <laughs> Listen, I, I say the same to mine. Wouldn't you rather it suck really bad for a couple of months? No, like, like anyway, we can have this conversation, or we, no, can, we can have this we conversation. We can talk about both of them. Okay, that's fine. We got heaps okay. of time. There's, there's, it's not like there's a limited amount of storage yeah, on the look, internet. Because <laughs> the thing is, man, like, I want to hit this with the ground running. And I want to I want to start interviewing people of influence. I want to start getting as much awareness for this movement as I possibly can. Um, and uh, this is very close to being done, um, very very close. And so, yeah, if you scroll back up, it's me and my mates at my thirtieth. Um, you can see Chicken turning around. Um, I can see. Uh, I recognise that bald head. Yeah. And so there's there's a few parts of this, right? So one is National Mate Night, mm-hmm. May eight, mate. You get it, love it. You get it, mate. But that's that's possibly going to be taken over by Australia Day. You understand that? Well, <laughs> if, if, I'm the tri- if the trip, if the Triple J fucking hipster douchebags get their way, then Australia Day will be moved from January 26 to May 8. Really? Yeah, because they wanted it to be Mate Day, like oh, Australia. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so exactly. God, I thought I was original. Yeah. Oh, there goes that idea. <laughs> Anyway, that probably won't happen. And, and May the 4th well, is taken by Star Wars. So, okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. We pick a date right. that doesn't conflict. April 20th. I like May I like 8th it. for that reason, right? Yep. Um, oh, I'm on board with and, you. And, so, and, and the whole idea is this is a movement. And, and May 8th is to create awareness of the movement. And the movement is... So if you scroll down, so basically... You could make it... Some common stats about suicide, right? So yep. 178 attempted uh, every day in Australia. Eight suicide deaths, six of them are male. You know, pretty Pretty... People are pretty savvy to the, the stats, all yeah, of this, man. Sure. Um, so the idea is mate night. So it's a movement to reduce men's suicide in Australia um, through the prioritisation of mateship. Uh, it began for me after having many date nights with my wife, then seeing mates one night I jokingly said I was going for my mate night and it stuck. Um, I then you know texted the boys mate night and then that's why it is mate. So it's a system whereby once a month friends reunite uh, it's mainly there for mates to have fun, but also in an environment for mates to have an open communication, support each other. So it's not, it's not like all that sit around and, you know, hi, I'm Perry and, you know, I'm an alcoholic, but it's all based on fun. But that fun being in an environment where uh, if people do want to speak up um, or people can open up about things that they're going through. And it's so interesting that I literally just had a mate night the other night 
and I did a total backflip on this and uh, did something I never thought I would do. I'll expand on that if I have to. You definitely should. And you should do it right now. Okay. <laughs> um, As I said, we're only limited by my SD cards. So I, I uh, caught up with my besties. Yeah. And um, uh, then I went home and... How dare you? I know. Yeah. Uh, and I guess there's a lot of shit going on in my mind at the moment with, with the business. Um, my, my dad and my sister aren't on talking terms. Uh, Lisa and I, you know, a little bit rocky, not like we're going to end the relationship or anything, but you know, it's really tough at the moment. Of course. And she's just um, freshly out the dark. Yeah. You know, she's constantly got morning sickness and all the rest of it, which put pressure on a lot of other things. Like I'm working 12 to 13 hours a day. Um, plus weekends, just again, because I have to. Um, you choose to. A lot of people depend on me. Yeah, and but you still choose to. I know it's a choice. Yeah. At the end of the day. You're not a victim. But, no. No, you choose to. Yes. Yeah, good. I'm choosing to prioritise my time in that way. Good. That's fine. And so, um, yeah, and some other shit, you know, blah 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 challenges yeah challenges right and yeah. all just kind of peaking for me and went caught up with the boys and they dropped a few things that um i guess i took to heart when i it just not, wasn't something that i needed to to take no, on so you possibly ingest from them or were they actually being like ultra critical of no no like uh just just a few a few too many digs and okay, i'm not yeah, the yeah, sort yeah. of person who will Oh, so they, they were people. probably doing it in jests. But yes, you weren't. Yes, it just possibly they went a little bit too far, but also you may not have been in a great frame of mind. I, I definitely wasn't. Like okay. I wanted to go there as a bit of an escape. Yeah, and okay. Have some drinks, play some PlayStation, smoke some wings, yeah. and and <laughs> and um, really just zone out in a nice positive environment and then you know yeah. it's a few digs and things going around i was just wasn't vibing it and then i kind of got home and texted and i was like yeah look like you said some things that actually kind of cut me, me pretty deep and i'm like i'm just just need positivity so next time just hold them back and i've i never normally say that thing but it just it was it was the the straw to kind of break the camel's back for me and then um and then you know sometimes when i get down i start thinking about my brother um and if anything, that's probably when I grieve and I'm already feeling yeah. a bit down. And uh, Lisa took the kids out and I had my whiskey and um, I was just sitting next to me and I was like, eh, I'm going to get this a touch up. 11 o'clock, like, doing work. Like, this this was really tasty whiskey. Yeah. And so, like, legitimately, like, some of the best whiskey I've ever had. So and that's, oh, that's the I'm last little bit in the bottle over yeah, there that you yeah, brought tonight. Oh, yeah. yeah, We'll give that a touch up. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got to find the tumblers though. Okay. They're in that box pile of boxes over there somewhere. And um and and so this was my train of thought. I was like, yeah, why not? Like I'm not feeling the best. Um I'd like to kind of recenter. I do it sometimes at night. Like I'll light the candles and I'll sit up and I'll do my work and you know, I might have a a, a whiskey if or or a um uh, Hennessy or whatever if I'm just like want to get in the zone and it'll just be one and we'll just kind of just enjoy it, a bit of a nightcap and whatever. And so I thought, oh, fuck it. So I poured myself one and I had and that. And then a second one. And then I was like, ah, oh, it felt good. It was good, man. And then I had another one and I started feeling a bit... It feel warm in my tummy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I like it. 
And so I had another one and I started feeling a bit sad and then I kind of didn't really want to focus on my work. Um, and then I just, uh, it f kind of felt good that I was kind of numbing myself a bit. And then I had another one and then another one and I just kind of kept going, but it wasn't like rapidly. This was probably, I don't know, maybe half a bottle over three, four hours. Okay. Yeah. So you're not, you're not getting rip snorting. But for me, but I'm a bit of a lightweight. Yeah, but anyway. you're gradually ending up in that place yes. where you're like, you got to stand up and you go, Ooh. yeah. And then, How and then, makes? embarrassingly, the the kids came home and, and Lisa came home. And I was like, oh, I this have, was hold on, this was during the day. This is 11 a.m. Ah, uh, I thought you said I thought you were starting at 11 p.m. No, I was like, dude, your boss is gonna fire your fucking ass tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I've heard he's gay. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so 11 a.m. Yeah, I'm not a stranger to morning drinking. I well, quite like, enjoy it. I, like, and again, like... Oh, it, so this is, the it, this is the day after. This is the day after my mate night. No, uh, I thought it was the night of. So that's where I'm getting... That's Got where you. I wasn't quite... Yeah, okay. so no, I came home. All right, yep. yeah. Woke so up. afternoon, so the kids come home. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I'm basically like half a bottle in and it's like lunchtime. And it's it's just weird, like when, when you are drunk... You, you, you're not really, you kind of miss the social cues and you kind of miss what's going on. And what started as me having um, a nice drink to enjoy it on top of everything else that I obviously hadn't um, talked through with anyone, um, I, um, yeah, just kind of kept going and then I got a little man cave set up and so when everyone kind of came home, I like, because I only had a little bit of that one left and I wanted to save it, so then I opened my other bottle of um, Double Black and I... Had a couple of drinks out of that, and then went in. Just took myself into the, to the man cave with the ambition of continuing to work. And then, um, I just ended up falling asleep, and then waking up, with needing to spew, and then I rushed to the bathroom and let it rip. And then, yes. I was just like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" It's like it is a bit confusing when you're when you're that munted at that time of the afternoon. Yeah, like if you're that munted at like but midnight, you're like, meh. The, the worst thing is, like having the having the kids and least you know my, my wife around and all the rest of it. It's that it's like, hard. and and it's one of those things where if you see that in the movie, you're like, oh man, that dude's fucked up. He needs to see a council man. He's got some shit going on. Like you can't be doing that. Blah blah blah. But it was just so weird. And this this look was, at least you weren't shooting at your kids. Yeah, that's what my dad would say. True, and and you know, Lisa and I talked a bit about it afterwards, and like I ended up sobering up, and we watched some Netflix together, and it was sweet, you know. But and then Lisa was like, "I've like I said to her, like I've n literally never done that in my life, I've I've, uh, and she knows that, and it was like, yeah, it's a one off, like cool." And then um, Chris actually called me tonight to just kind of check in on me because my brother, yeah, because yeah. I after I sent those texts, just being like. Yeah, wasn't really vibing, you know, was really hoping to, you know, I've got some shit going on in my life and I just, you know, I want to, if I hang out, I want to know that I'm going to hang out in a place that, you know, I'm not going to be ripped on and like, if I'm not giving the rips back to you, then maybe it's a bit of an indication that I'm not really in the zone to be doing that. Um, but hey, fuck, you know, you've got mate night here and um, <laughs> that was the whole thing, man. I was in the perfect environment segment. and then, and it, it didn't really... Didn't really happen, and it could have saved me, you know, doing what I did. And, and but even now, no, I'm still but, confused okay. by it. I'm really confused by it, man. Like, why it's it's really strange that it's I don't know, but I'm just really confused by that 
that event because I've never done it in my life. And you mean the drinking or the, 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 the drink, night of? I mean like drinking. Yeah. Uh, and again, it just. But maybe I did have it because I, I, I was bet, feeling I overwhelmed I and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, I wouldn't fucking beat yourself up. No, I'm, well, I'm, I'm just I'm just confused by it. Yeah, you know I, what I, I mean? appreciate because that, but yeah. this is um, th- this is an ongoing thing. At, at, at least what I think in regards to mental health is where we are burdened with society's um, accepted way to behave, and this this is changing so fucking rapidly these days too. Like if you're a man like this is it's a very fucking complex landscape to navigate at the moment you know all these people blowing up on social media all the social justice warriors and, mm. and whatnot fucking having their way in this cancel culture and all this kind of shit like Dave Chappelle one of the most talented people on the face of the fucking planet you know oh cancel him because he said some bad things you know he's a fucking comedian mm. but the uh, the the fact that we've got what we think society expects of us is like this. And then we judge ourselves based on the fact that we're not conforming to that. Like we we, we end up in this play. You've heard of cognitive dissonance before? Are you talking about yourself? I'm talking about people in general. Oh, yeah, okay. but definitely from my side of things. Oh, actually, probably not so much from my side of things, but more mm. so from my observation. Like I don't tend to f- suffer from a lot of anxiety around like social behaviors and what I think society expects of me because yeah. as far as I'm concerned 80% 90% of society are just a bunch of fucking sheep anyway and if I go along with what all all you were doing I'm going to end up just like all of you so mm. go fuck yourselves mm. but then the other side of that is when I when I see it in other people is they're like oh but society tells me I should be x y and z so take we'll take this very specific example mm. just just to illustrate my point mm is you're like, oh, okay, well, only bad people or only drunks like sit there and start drinking at 11 o'clock in the morning and, you know, a shit face by the time the kids get home and blah, 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 blah. Like you're, you know that the net effect of what you did is actually very minimal. Mm-hmm. All, that's, all that's lasting mm. is your guilt and confusion around what that situation was. That's the only thing that's making you feel bad. Mm. So you're making yourself feel bad based on what you perceive other people may or may not be judging or or what you're judging yourself on based on what you see other people do like you know, know that the net you know that the net effect though is zero yeah just said but that. i don't know if i agree with that it's it's more about like i'm not seeing myself through the lens of society or other people i'm seeing myself through myself i'm, right. I'm trying to understand and judge myself and be my own compass yeah but so why can't you feel okay with the fact that you did that because it's it could be uh the tip of it could be not necessarily the tip of an iceberg but it could be a warning signal that perhaps i'm not uh dealing with things the right way and um i don't think anybody is though yeah but it's it's out of it's out of character for me it's something i haven't done and that's why i'm confused and i like i think my problem is because i work so much my me time is r&d time i'm just doing research and development um for me personally or for business and marketing do you do it for you personally or do you do it more so from a business point of view yeah it's business so that that that, i think that's lacking then your actual personal development that's that's actually what i was talking to chris about today like like my 
my me time is zero because it's my me time is spending time with my mates or it's spending time with my family or it's spending time doing work or at my work. And so then I, I question like... So why can't you time be in all of those things? Like that's, that's my I feel like approach. It's, I feel like it's not a priority. To be no, honest. no, but I mean... Like, I'm not suggesting like, you have to... Like, wh- play like, PlayStation, why, is that what you mean? Or like, No, no, but wh- why can't you... Like, playing PlayStation, that doesn't define you. That's that's a leisure activity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sleeping, that's a leisure activity. Mm-hmm. But the... If... Instead of fabricating something for all of these things, which is like, I have to be this person with my family, I have to be this person with my mates, I have to be this person in my business. Why can't 70% of of your interactions with those things actually be for you, like in a truly authentic and engaging manner. That's that's my general approach to life is... I'm confused by that. So I drag my shit into all of my situations, so all of my interactions. Uh, E.g.? Uh, let's say it is the fact that I was feeling like shit and I was hanging out with mates and they were taking taking it out on me like I would be I would be very much like there and present and go this is the way I'm feeling this is what's happened to me today Mm. instead of thinking that I had to present some sort of facade in terms of the interaction with these guys I'm I'm very much like I didn't know it was there though like I didn't know it was there until uh, until you I actually I was I had tears in my eyes drinking whiskey like I didn't know it was there like to me and it could be because of my past like I I'm so grateful I have so much I feel like I have I feel like I have perspective on these everyday things but perhaps it was just kind of bottling up I guess um I you know like when when one of these you know having a dig into me and it was funny and everyone laughed and even I laughed and then I was like uh yeah whatever you know um but I didn't feel like it was something for me to get offended by and then it was only really when I woke up the next morning that I was like uh like I uh I think there was one too many digs um and it was only then literally when I got home that I was texting the car being like yeah boys like I you know, I've got all this shit, shit going on. I feel like there's one too many digs, blah, blah, blah. And it was only really at that point. And then, and then after that, I was like, am I overreacting? Like, why is this, is this like a normal thing? And, and then I was, and then I started thinking about everything else that was going on. And, and then it was, it was before I knew it, um, you know, I had tears in my whiskey glass, basically. Yeah. And, and so at no point was it me putting on a facade or me, uh, trying to be okay with something because i at the time i was if Mm. that makes sense i mean that's that is a that's a that's a confusing and complex situation that you've got there i would yeah i don't know i don't know how you would have dealt with that differently i don't know either Mm. but i tell you how being proactive you know um yeah but being being giving giving myself time to be conscious of the things that i may not be dealing with and I think that's part of it. And that's, well, that's not proactive. That's reactive by definition. Well, if you're uh, giving yourself permission to prioritise time to think through anything. And I've done this before, twice in my life, when life has become too hectic. For example, the birth of this concept was actually in one of these moments where um, my brother just passed away. Um, 
like business was really tough you know you name it it was i was really struggling Herpes. my back like my back was messed up my, my disc herniation my bulging disc was messed up man like everything was just messed up and so i got a blank sheet of paper good old whiskey um cigar um my cigar. Um, my Jeez, smoking. portable speaker yeah. laid on on my back on a on a on one of those flat outdoor wooden chair things yeah put on the music um looking at the stars divided the page into six pieces and just was like health family friends work you know uh, whatever my brother you know whatever and i just did these six sections uh on all these different things that were in my head and just basically wrote everything down and then boom all out of my head on paper and then i was just laying there and i was looking up at the stars and just I just had this like utter moment of bliss and it was just so perfect. I can't even explain it, but I can go back to it in my head. And it was just so perfect and I, I couldn't even think about why. Just looking up at the stars with, you know, cigar, whiskey, like everything I needed. And I just felt so grateful and I thought, who can I share this experience with? So I, went, I texted my mate who, who was going through a tough time. I said, come around. He was, he was working. He couldn't come around. Uh, he was working in a restaurant. and um, And then I was like, and then that got me thinking about why am I on earth? What what am I doing oh, here? Oh Jesus and all that Christ, sort of Perry! Shit. You've ended up in a fucking existential crisis. Yeah. Of, and, of, and of the, anyway, dude. And then ecstasy. And then this came right. Yes. And then this this came. And then I thought into mental, you know, and all this other shit. And I thought um, there's two things, right? So basically, it's um, uh, once a month, all the mates prioritise the time to get together. And it's, it sounds simple, but there's a lot of people who lose touch with their mates, right, because of various For reasons. Sure. And once a month would be a dream to them. Right. And I've been in positions where I haven't seen my mates for six weeks or whatever, but I just think it gets to a certain point in people's lives where they don't prioritise their friendships and then they look back and they haven't seen their friends in 30 years. Oh, I've, I've tried this multiple times. Like, not, not contractually obliged, as, which is what this, this says. Uh, get a free yep. mate night contract and get it signed. So yep. the idea is that you're putting it out there into the um, into the ether. You get your mates on board, people. So the idea is that you get buy-in from partners as much as you do from your mates. Your mates, right? And and people understand why it's important, and that's what's in that contract. It says why it's happening, and it's so that you can be a better version of yourself. Uh, to yourself, to your friends, and to your family. Right. I mean, this this is a hugely formal engagement. See, w- with my mates, what we do is we have um, steak night. Actually, you're a member of the steak yeah. night group. Yeah. Right. So every Tuesday, we normally go Chittaway Tavern is where we're currently at because we haven't been kicked out of there yet. Mm. The um, so we go and uh, or it hasn't closed down yet. More to the point. Mm. It's set up and it's a it's a thing on Tuesday and people will make it some weeks and they won't make it other weeks. Mm. But there is this. There are always the regulars. Obviously, I'm a regular these days because I really don't have much else to do on a fucking Tuesday, or the rest of the nights of the week. But the uh, that's that's a good thing, and you, you you end up weaving. And the cool part is you, you're weaving with the you're weaving stories. So you've got stories that will have taken place last week, or stories that have been passed on to you last week that mm. you're now passing on to the mate who's made it this week, and the other guy hasn't made it this week. So you end up with these secondhand stories, and then mm. 
and then you've got the interactions with the the people who work there, the the waiters mm. and wait staff and bartenders and all that kind of stuff. So they formulate, they end up forming part of that story, and the whole thing becomes this really awesome organic, I don't know, flying spaghetti monster. Mm. <sighs> Excuse me, but that. I find that really, really good. And it's, it's like no one feels bad if you can't make it. Mm. Or no one gives you shit if you can't make it. But it's awesome those guys who make it like once every two or three months. And there's no formality to it. But it is regularly popped up like every single week. Well, you've got your own system. But, but again, it's, it's, and an it's, it's not a formal contract. It's not binding. I, I can see some of the credence to that. But I also feel like that takes some of the organic side of it out I think it, that, that's it's, the, the idea is to try and eliminate risk right risk of yeah, but we can't eliminate risk that's our lives we'll not eliminate it as such but yeah. try to mitigate it you know like for example if you uh, start to feel uh, like why would you not I guess is the question and um, part of it can be you know, checking in if if your mate's not coming, actually properly checking in and just touching base and seeing if everything's okay and that's okay. Sort of thing. Well, that's uh, I like that. That's an interesting idea um, on that. Where if a mate can't make it, um, yeah, then it, it, it all, it's almost a trigger point for uh, somebody to actually go and reach out to them, and make sure everything's all good. Um, yeah, and it's still developing. It's still conceptualizing and evolving like I realized actually it was actually much more formal than this and I've actually wound it back believe it or not Um, I might have even mistakenly left that contract big but I can't remember but like and there was like I planned on getting all hectic man with apps and all this crazy shit because because you're a child of the internet so I like I like this line here this this specific one actually that one speaks, that resonates to me. So it, the, the, the preface is to increase your chances of getting your crew together. The statement is you'll have to put a bit of effort in. I like that. I really do like that. That is a, um, that's a hugely important and um, uh, solid sort of statement is the idea that you will have to put some effort in at some point. Mm. And People think friendships are strong and last without effort, but sometimes they take effort um, and they take compromise. Well, they, I mean, they always do. You're all, like, I've had, I've had a mate recently who's sort of fucked me around a couple of times and it's, uh, I know that over the, over the past few years, I've been in that same sort of situation where I've been fucked around and then I go, okay, well, I'm just going to back off for a little bit here and just let him be for a couple of months and then I'll be able to re-engage and actually mm. feel okay with it. And I just kind of, you know, it's that time heals all wounds yep. thing. I'm not going to fucking blow up because mm. there's no point. He's never going to change. He's mm. just going to make the same mistakes again and again, but I just don't want to be fucking dragged into them again. Mm. Um, so it's just a bit, bit, of, bit of self-preservation there. Um, and so, yeah, lo- long story short, man, it's just this, this idea of uh, helping, creating a system uh, where people understand the importance of mateship and therefore are able to prioritise seeing their mates at least once a month. Um, and by doing so, uh, they do it in an environment where these conversations uh, can occur 
and you can check in with your mates and see how things are going. It's not just a big piss up, but there's that opportunity to be a support to each other. However, at the same time, man, like for me, it didn't work. But then <laughs> um, I, it was still an opportunity. Like I still dropped a bit of a, not intentionally, but I was like, I got shit going on in my life. And then one of my mates picked up on that, called me today. I talked through some of those things with him. And, um, and it really helped. And that, that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't caught up. Yes, for sure. Um, and or, or it may have. Yeah, but, and yeah. like maybe on a different... If I was more conscious of all these things that were in my head that I haven't thought about myself, let alone talk to anyone about, um, then I very well may have opened up to someone. Um, but I guess at that point it wasn't really a, a very conscious thing. It was more like I probably took things potentially the wrong way a little bit um just because i was feeling quite i guess sensitive and yeah but vulnerable. i mean that's that's a telltale sign too so that's that's a you know a trigger for somebody to actually say oh what the fuck's going on yeah yeah and and not uh, and the you know the guys were very um apologetic and sincere and uh and and that was nice and then yeah chris kind of called me and checked in and then the conversation happened and i guess uh he wouldn't have been exposed to that had we not had this catch up you know and yes. so yeah anyway like the idea is it's a bit of a system right to to facilitate that um and and the uh, the idea of how i get awareness for this is i'm going to i want to start creating content about friendships and i actually went straight to like well, what what studies or what background is there with friendships and um aristotle actually wrote two books on friendship and in it he talks about you know three different types of friends and like immediately so then what i started doing was writing down my story of my friendships in context of aristotle's philosophy of friendships okay uh, which is an unfinished i don't know i've probably written maybe 1500 words or so um but then i figure like i want to educate myself about friendships how to be a better friend um and how we can all be better friends um, and how we can potentially find better friends if we are in positions where, uh, you know, we're constantly being dragged down, whether it's like, for example, I know of, and you probably do too, like um, uh, like an example where good guy doesn't have the money for drugs, uh, ends up <laughs> partying too much with his mates. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, ends up uh, partying too much, working up a bit of a debt with a drug dealer. Um, <laughs> shit hits the fan, shit goes all pear-shaped. However, the mates very well knew that that person couldn't afford to be doing what he was doing and he was supposed to be starting a family and, you know, all this stuff was going on. And I think um, perhaps if he um, had an opportunity, I don't know, you know, could be in him. He could have been pioneering it all. Who knows? But I think there's different scenarios where your circle of friends don't necessarily add but take from what um, what is best for you and or your family. You know what I mean? Uh, and then there's other times, though, where people can get all cocky. Like I know Gary Vaynerchuk says, you know... Oh, I'm surprised that it was an hour and a half in before you brought up Gary V, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> This is actually, well, it's like, um, you know how he's always saying, ditch your loser mates. I think there's serious consequences of that because if you think your loser mates are the people who are telling you how it is instead of kissing your feet at work, 
then you're going to grow to be a person who, you know, has people kissing your feet and telling you what you want to hear instead of what you need to hear. And then you're the dick, not not your loser mates. Um, Would you rather not have people just tell you what you want to hear rather than what you need to hear? It's not it's not best for you. Why because not? then you grow up as this fictional person and then you, you, you lose touch with, you know... Um, good core human values and you right okay so and I'll then you become a, a person that before you know it no one wants to hang around and you it's so you, know, I'll you could this. get fired you get you get fired and then you're nothing to them you get demoted and then you're nothing nothing to them yeah that's only if you take a huge amount of worth based on your job that's what i mean and but people grow up in those corporate environments um and they start no one grows up in those environments they're networking they they look to friendships as an opportunity to kind of leapfrog their their career and they don't have time to prioritize their friendships and then they're just seeking friendships for gain you know um but but then there's that other level of friendships who you know are genuinely there as good people and good supports and we'll get, tell it how it is and that's why no, no matter how rich and famous i get <laughs> if i was I mean, to ever I'll, get rich I'll and famous honest, i would I, I would value my friendships Everything is noteworthy and nothing is noteworthy. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Or not cheers, because it's totally not worth it. <laughs> yeah, so like... No, and, no, no, and, no. And let's this is where I'm back. All right, yeah. so check out matenight.com, M8. Well, yeah, well, if you want to, but it's nowhere near ready. Like, you get, you get the vibe, you get the concept. So I went and interviewed my dad yes. as my first interviewee okay. um, to talk about his friendships and his mateships, because my dad's in a pretty fucked up place at the moment. He's living... Uh, South Kempsey. Yeah, well, where do I go with this? Um, North. He, yeah, he did. He um, bought a property. As in a rural property? A rural property, just just like land, rural land. Yeah. And then uh, he uh, bought a house for like eight grand that got brought over on a... Tr- semi-trailer? Yeah, yep. semi-trailer, put on pillars. And he hasn't had electricity or plumbing for a couple of months now and he's uh, recently been diagnosed with a psychological disability he's got depression ADD uh, he's he's in a pretty hectic place and he's really isolated you know he's not on talking terms with my sister obviously my brother's not around it, it's it's me you know what I mean so um, he's uh He's yeah going through legal things. He's doing all kinds of things at the moment. It's pretty pretty rough for him. Um, so I wanted to meet up with him, and uh, this was I guess more or less a good reason to was to um, kind of frame it around. I very much wanted to check in on him, but I was like, hey, I want to do this interview with you as well. Okay. Um, and and talking about his friendships, and I reckon like imagine interviewing, I don't know, uh, having a survey for. 50 to 100 people that are age like 60 and up right now asking do you still have close friendships if not where and why did they deteriorate and for my dad it was like fresh out of high school started chasing girls and then everything and then everything thereafter you kind of went went downhill from there and then he just didn't really keep in touch with any of his mates i mean we're very fortunate because we're in a scenario where well uh, we we have our high school mates, you know. I don't. Don't you? Oh. Well, I've got my high school mates still around. Um, but I don't know, man. 
I don't know, just from my experience with, with my parents, I just know that, and even talking to other people who are very professional and have very professional careers, and then I talk to them about this concept and they open up and say, I actually don't have one deep, good, best friend. Mm. I've got my family, I've got my colleagues, but I don't have a best friend. Yeah. My uh, uh, my ex was my best friend, Chanel. She was uh, she was definitely my best friend for a long time. Yeah, 20, 20 plus years I've known her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, f- for me, that was kind of the basis for our marriage. But yeah, when it comes to mates... Um, so Jamie, he was my best mate in high school. We that, so that was um Tori's brother, the guy that got killed in um the Link Cafe shooting. Oh, shit. Uh, so Jamie, his his brother was my best mate. We he I became I went into accounting and he became an artist. I can't imagine that there were two more. <laughs> you were in accounting. Yeah, I know, right? And then I became a programmer because accounting was far too boring. <sighs> nope. I can't believe you're in accounting. I can't imagine you sitting down, crunching numbers, giving tax advice. Oh, I can give tax advice, but nobody should ever fucking listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, imagine you in a fucking accounting environment. Not know? too dissimilar from my mate Ben, who, who he's, he'll be on when he gets back from New Zealand. But uh, he is a legit accountant, and mm. his creativity is only just slightly less creative than mine because he's like, oh, no, there are legal ramifications, Josh. You have to understand that. Oh. I'm like, ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> ATO, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that fell out, and then um, after that, couple of mates. I, I, I literally only talked to one person, or near, now two people that I went to school with. One's this guy who's a fellow programmer, mm. and um, we're sort of unlikely mates. We're, we're not close mates, mm. but I do I do like the guy. Um, and then yeah, this this chick. Um, who I went to school with as well, who I've sort of seen on the coast over over mm. the years. She's mm. a lovely, lovely person too. She's divorced with two kids, so s- similar sort of situation, similar age. Mm. Um, but mates, Ian, Ian was uh, best. So he was he was on a couple of episodes ago. Ian, mm. he was best man at my wedding. I was best man at his mm. wedding, and then mm. after his divorce, we um, just fell out. Like he unfriended mm. me on Facebook. Didn't talk, went into meltdown mode uh, as far as I could gather and then it sort of became a running joke for a couple of years that, um, you know, he would uh, unfriend me or someone else would have a wedding and they would invite both Ian and I and put us both on the bridal party just to see what happens. And I mean, I never had any ill feelings towards him. I just really legitimately didn't understand what the fuck had gone on. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, And have you ever asked him? We've had some um, brief so, conversations on it, but nothing uh, too like too involved. You've never said, why did that happen? I've had a couple of mates who have sort of just fallen off like that, where they just stopped talking to me. A mate named Dan. Have um, you ever got any feedback as to why? I'd quite happily have somebody sit there and tell me I'm a piece of shit and tell me all the things I've done wrong. I'm, I'm happy to have that conversation. D- yeah, but like, have your mates... But nobody's ever done that, no silently like yeah know, i mean i can be best. i can be full on and mm. whatever and um but that's just who i am and, and like i I'm, I'm happy to like i i'll read the room and i'll make sure that i'm not sort of blowing anybody up mm. you know too too sort of intensely but mm. yeah i don't know i i just i wear my heart on my sleeve for the most part and i'm i'm just generally 
who I am where, wherever I am. Mm. Um, you know, it's sort of a blessing and a curse. I mm. never, I never walk out of a situation curious as to how I fit in. Mm. Like there was never any of that. I've mm. not since I've left school anyway. Um, so I always feel pretty comfortable with who I am. And at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I do have a reasonable sort of core group of friends who, yep. who are very, um, giving of their time generous but at the same time i'm more than happy to you know bend over backwards and help any any most humans out as much as i possibly can Mm. uh, whenever i can it's not a not a money thing it's more about the fact that somebody else can kind of get a leg up based on what my standing is Mm. and i've tried that with chris same sort of deal where i'm like you know let me try and give you a leg up to to get to the next just to get to that next echelon you know, to, to get to that get to that sort of open-minded thinking where you look at everything as uh, an experience rather than things that are good and bad. Mm. Like, I much prefer that viewpoint in life, that everything's going to be an experience and or a story. Mm. And you sort of go, you have to, you know, the self-preservation, of course, you have to make sure you're not going to kill yourself. Mm. But uh, that I've found doesn't doesn't sit well not with people who are coming at it from a level of i don't know whether whether it's self-esteem or self-confidence any of those sorts of things if i'm there like come on come on come on come on let's do this let's do this or it's almost seen as if i'm like dragging them along and so eventually i'm like oh fuck it i'm not gonna fucking bother trying to bring you along any further yeah that's i kind of get what you're saying a little bit a little bit as in from your own experience. I guess it, it's, 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 it's subjective though. What you see is the echelon or whatever. The echelon? Yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, that, that, that's, surely that's subjective. Like it's, it's Chris may not see that as something that's desirable, but you do because it's from your perspective. No, but it's, it's, it's the, only, the only desirable outcome in that headspace is the removal of fear. And we should not be fear-based beings. We're not, we're not a fucking gazelle in the middle of the savannah, right? I don't know. Like, I need more context. I need examples before. Like, the lack of fear. So, so as in, like, what's an example that you could apply this to, Chris or others? You know, well, not specifically felt- Chris, but the the lack of fear, the 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 feeling of letting go and understanding that everything's going to be okay. Because mm. you've jumped at the whole. I guess within the last 24 hours when I've opened up to you about stuff, you've jumped at the whole don't think about what society thinks of you. Yes. Sort of angle. And I'm like, I'll let you have your saying you. And then I'll be like, yeah, but I, I'm not thinking of society. I'm thinking of myself. And then, so I wonder if I'm just trying to put together exactly what you're saying here about, trying to get people is it basically those, those trying to not let people take life so seriously is that yeah, yeah those those two aren't necessarily correlated but quite possibly they are is this idea that lack of lack of complete lack of fear of being judged that is a huge source of anxiety mm. for a, a lot of people mm. my mate james who was on you may not have listened but he talks about his level of anxiety being so fucking high, you know, he, his came from self-esteem issues and mm. that kind of stuff. Mm. He would be, he would be in fucking knots 
going to the shopping center because he was worried that everyone at the shopping center was looking at him because of what he was wearing or the way he was walking. Oh, now, he's okay. a fucking, he's a good looking Muppet. I can, I can get what you're saying from that angle. Right. But, but then take that a step further. But because you've kind of tried to apply that to me. I'm not trying to tell you. What what, to do, as yeah. in like, uh, I've been talking about how I feel about judging myself and then yes. you're like, Perry, you've got to let go, man. Like societies, don't think about society. Like no, no, it's more about letting you. It's it's more about letting giving yourself a break. That that was my whole premise on that is mm. giving yourself a break, allowing yourself. Oh, to fuck I up. see. Yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. I'm not saying who gives it. I'm, I'm not saying society is the benchmark that you should aim for. I'm not yeah, saying that. Yeah. What that the end of that arc was mm. actually getting back. You're to, just trying to soften the blow. It's well, not if, even uh, soften the blow. Okay. It's that's like not you, the right example. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's like about, uh, see it see it for. But then I think you may have been interpreting, like, through my eyes, it, it's worse than it was. Uh, but it was really just me trying to understand yeah, what's okay. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, so, that's, that's and a then fair analogy. why I kind of tie that in to Chris was because I wonder if you're talking about taking things to the next level. It's kind of subjective in that you had the con- you thought that I was uh, probably knocking myself up, you know, like beating myself up rather over something that I was. I guess just trying to figure out, but it wasn't like, I'm not, I, you, we had it, I said, uh, what was it? I was like, um, in terms of beating myself up, I'm probably like a, you know, a five yes. out of 10. Yeah, that if was if I was night. to do that yeah, yeah, thing, exactly. yeah, yeah, five out of 10, yeah. um, like that's when, and then you're like, oh, okay. Yes, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, fucking yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. pussy. Have a fucking, <laughs> yeah, have, yeah. have a fucking go. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, um, but yeah, yeah I, I'm just I'm just curious, like, um, just expanding on what you said about you know, uh, but I think it all comes back to what you're saying is uh, not not letting society kind of dictate what you're supposed to be as a human being, as a parent, as a yeah. whatever. But looking into looking internally for guidance is that what, what you're basically saying? But even our internal guidance is no, just no, because that's not always going to work. Because that's the thing is if we if we sit there and we, we are left to our own devices for a long period of time, we're only going to really fuck things up much worse. That's mm. what we do as human beings because mm. we will overanalyze the situation. Mm. So there still needs to be a level of social interaction. There still needs to be some guidelines like don't kill people, don't rape, like don't kick kids in the face unless they really fucking deserve it. But so you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so mm. to speak. The 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 lack of fear of your place or your next step in the world, mm. N- not and, and second guessing yourself is the most fucking dangerous thing you can possibly do mm. because it, it, the second guess I- is the problem. If you make the wrong decision, it's far easier mm. to pivot. Fucking classic agile business term <laughs> uh, is to pivot to a newer idea, but you've already got some momentum, yeah. right? But if you take that half a step forward, that whole idea of second guessing yourself, when it comes to a physical representation of that, you go to step off a gutter or you go to take a step over a hole or blah, 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 whatever mm. the case is. And you take that half a step and then you second guess, oh, fuck, I shouldn't be stepping here. You're much better stepping in the fucking puddle than you are trying to half step again, right? Because you're just going to fall flat on your face. Like you are going mm. to trip and that's the physical sort of representation of what I'm talking about. Mm. But if you're going into something going, oh, I'm 50% this and I'm 50% that, mm. 
both of them are going to be the wrong fucking outcome because mm. you're going to be half-hearted here and half-hearted okay. there. So throwing, you know, it's that idea of gay abandon and being able to just go balls deep into what it is, whatever it is that you want to do and mm. trust that you're going to fuck up but you're going to learn some shit and you can still correct, you can still change your course and head in a different direction but you're now armed with the knowledge of what that fuck up was and you're going to be far more um, capable yeah. heading in that new direction. Yeah. So that idea of just having some faith in the fact that the universe is going to do the right thing by you. Oh, totally. And I don't, I, you know, I'm not necessarily a godly person, but I do believe in the fact that there is an energy. Like we, mm. we live in a, in a world that has a network of some description. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, there's a physical network. Now, Everything's but, made up of matter and energy basically. So, yeah. If if you're putting your positive thoughts and your energy in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, I mean, that gets a little bit airy-fairy. But the idea is that if you're putting positive out, you should receive positive back, right? Yeah. And, Ideally. And, you, yeah. and 100%. And, and just having faith that there's a... I guess, for me, and everyone has their own interpretation of this, but I think a lot of things happen for a reason. And, and uh, I, the reason that I believe that is because it was going to happen anyway. So what else would you do? Uh, I don't know. That's a fait accompli and that... That's a dangerous one to get into because that then means... Not to the point that you're not a master of your own destiny. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I that's definitely a, that's believe... That's scary thing. Yeah, yeah. Not like, oh, whatever happens. It's like, like, oh, well, I'm just not going to try then. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just whatever happens, happens, yeah. bro. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, more in the case of like, if, for example, my whole family died in a car accident. You mean your, uh, your your offspring and your wife? Everyone. And like, I mean, that's a big car. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> there's a like, coach. But like, worst yeah. case scenario, man, like, I just don't, like, and it would be fucking horrible. Oh yeah, that wouldn't be a great day. I, I couldn't even imagine. But, 10 years on, you know, maybe I've helped 100,000 families not be in that scenario because A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know what I mean? Like, right. The alphabet then, saved them. <laughs> Learn your fucking alphabet, children. It's going to save your life. But, I don't know, man. Like, I get what you mean. Good. Because yeah. I don't want to have to elaborate because I just sound silly. Um, I've, I think I've made my point. I think... Um, dude, I... How long have we talked for? Dude, I, dude, we've talked for much longer than you think. Holy crap. Yeah, I know. Luckily, 95% of it was gold. Um, all right, well, I suppose we'll we'll cut that one there. Um, not like we can't just do another one sometime in the near future anyway. You are all of 15 minutes away. Well, 10 minutes away. Um, 10 minutes, Perry, exactly. where, can, uh, where can people find you on the line? Um, Perry Lee... Oh, for Instagram, it's Perry Lee Henderson. Yeah. Um, for LinkedIn, just search for Perry Henderson. For my business, it's missinglinksocialmedia.com.au and the business also has a Facebook page um, and that's where you can find me. Uh, and um, Also, I'm just firing up my mate night mate um, Instagram. M8night.com yeah, is Where the I've got my interview with my dad. I'm going to be chucking up soon, which was pretty incredible. So would you do that in video? Yeah. Oh, so and also had the, the Rode Mobile Go lav mic set up. Nice. as well and, and filmed it and um, yeah, it was just a good conversation about where he's at and what he's facing and um, friendships and what role they played and uh, didn't play in his life um, 
and my plan is to keep creating more content about that to help people prioritize their friendships. Um, awesome. Um, other than that, guys, you can um, find the advice for blokes on the Twitter, on the Instagram, and the Facebook at advice for blokes. Um, not affiliated with blokesadvice.com, so please keep that at the front of your mind. You can reach out to the podcast hotline on 0295418450. That reminds me, I did have a voicemail to play, but I might play that next episode. It was just for my dad anyway. Uh, so could people have called in throughout that? that Nobody would have. We're not live at this point. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I've just got a um, just got that Sydney number set up there. Um, if you or anyone else you know is in a position of dread, depression, if they're showing the signs that they might be thinking about suicide... I don't know what they are, but uh, if someone's really, really sad all the time, 131114, lifeline.org.au. As always, guys, you're not alone out there. Thanks very much, Perry, for stopping in to mm. the shed. Um, hopefully, we'll do another one sometime in the near future. And make sure that you check out Perry on the socials. Until next time, guys, take it easy. Yeah, thank you. How was that? Good. Can we talk now, can we? Yeah, of course.